0: Welcome to the Boss Podcast, the best of social selling. Your host, Mark McGuinness, Australia's number one social seller, author of Tactical Pipeline Growth and B2B Sales Trainer, brings you expert opinion, tactics, and discussion to help you get more out of your time on social.
1: This week on the Boss Podcast, we get to hear what really works when reaching out to set appointments from the very front line of an SDR's world. Nia Woodhouse has just been awarded the top 10 UK SDR by Sales Confidence. Nia shares her outreach strategy, how she uses LinkedIn to open doors, and a little about her extended cadence. One of the cool things we learned with Nia is she's using voice notes on LinkedIn early in her outreach to create a 90% conversation rate. 90% is off the charts. If you're an SDR, a BDM, where you just need to find a way to talk to more customers, Nia shares what's really working right now. I'm sure many of you will find this episode to be very helpful. And can I ask that if you do, to please leave a rating, a comment, or like us on the streaming service of your choice. By doing this, you're helping many others, just like you, find great tips like these we get today from Nia Woodhouse, UK's top 10 SDR. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Nia Woodhouse from Refract. Nia, how are you?
2: Hi, Mark. Really good, thank you. Really appreciate you having me on your podcast. Super excited to be here.
1: I'm super excited to have you here because you sent me the best email I've had, I think, in maybe two or three months. So I've asked you to come on because you pitched me, didn't you?
2: I did, yes. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate that, yeah. Um, I thought you were outbound email and then on the back of that you offered for me to come onto your podcast so the win-win.
1: Yeah so it was that good I thought you know what we've got to share this with everybody else everybody else has to see how good you are I can't keep you to myself but to be fair that was probably what three months ago do you think?
2: (laughs) Yeah it's getting on now it's aligning the Australian and the UK um, calendars I suppose.
1: Yeah we've had a few calendar challenges haven't we so So, whereabouts are you located at the moment? So, you're in the UK, in London itself or?
2: No. So, I'm in the UK, but I'm in the northeast, which will be surprising for a few people. But yeah, SaaS tech company based in the northeast of the UK.
1: Okay. Lovely. And you work with Refract. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do and what the organization is?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm an SDR at Refract. Um, I've been in this role for a couple of years now. And we have technology which is utilized by sales trainers and sales leaders. And they use it in slightly different ways. But in terms of sales leaders, they use our technology to gain visibility into their sales team's conversations so that they can begin to identify and replicate best practice and sort of gain visibility into where revenue being won and lost. And in terms of sales trainers, they would use our technology to ensure that their training our coaching's being put into practice. Um, so again, they can gain that visibility, but really uh, make sure that post-training, that those skills are being put into practice in their clients' sales calls. Yeah. And that's,
1: of course, why you reach out to me because I've got sales trainer in my profile headline somewhere.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well done. But you're not really quite telling the full story because I saw somewhere very recently that weren't you awarded top 50 SDR in the entire UK? Did I see that?
2: Yeah, you did see that. Um, It was a massive accolade actually. Um, Every year, sales confidence do uh, top 50 SDRs in the UK and I was lucky enough to place in the top 10 this year. Uh, My colleague, John, also placed in the top 50. So it was a really massive accolade for both of us and for yeah. our company that's great so you
1: you ended up in the top 10 sdrs in all of uk <laughs>
2: yeah
1: <laughs> perfect that's a big wrap so then listeners we have to listen to nia she definitely knows her stuff that's really really well congratulations what a great achievement that oh, must make you proud so
2: yeah it really does um it's just a great accolade as well for somebody to be shining a positive light on SDRs. I know that sometimes they get a bit of a bad rep, um, but it's a really tough job and you people work so hard day in, day out. So it's great when there's a positive light shone on the profession.
1: Could not agree more. I think it's fantastic. There should be more of those types of awards and, and industry accolades. You're right. It's a very difficult job. I spend my life training people on how to do outbound, and typically, you know, they're experienced salespeople in inverted commerce and they're terrible at it. I mean, you guys do a great job. H- how many SDRs do you think there are in the UK? More than 50?
2: Oh, massively. There's thousands, there's <laughs> millions of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, there's absolutely tons of SDRs. I suppose, like, where I'm based in the tech and SaaS Industry. That's where I find most of my connections, and a lot of them are based in London. But there's sales development for all sorts of companies. So yeah, endless possibilities.
1: Lovingly. Well, you rock. That's fantastic. So today, what I thought would be really valuable would be if we could get your secret source. If you could tell us, you know, how you use LinkedIn to find people, how you structure your outbound sequences or your, your conversations, your messages, just so that we can get a bit of transparency and share some of that with the listeners. Would that be okay?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, if you wouldn't mind taking us taking us yeah. through that process.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So and um, there's a couple of different ways how I would initially find prospects. I suppose that the most upcoming way is to establish your personal brand on LinkedIn. And by that I mean make sure that you're putting content out there that's relevant to your prospects. You're not always plug in your product or service is you just putting out relevant information that people are going to engage with in your network and i always find that i would try and connect with not just my prospects but also like my prospects colleagues and the accounts just so i've got a really varied network especially when i'm going to networking events add those people um into into linkedin and so when you're putting content out there More and more people are going to see it, especially if it's relevant um, to people that you want to see it. And I suppose that's where your profession is, Mark, isn't it? You put a lot of content out on LinkedIn.
1: Uh, Yes, I do. I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn's been good for me on many fronts. From a learning tool, like it's, I learn lots and lots of stuff. I get to engage with a bunch of of people, and it's mostly good fun. Every now and again, it can be a bit of a drag. Sometimes I feel like I I have to do stuff, but generally, it's, it's pretty cool. So. What does that process look like? So you've built out a great network and, you, and you've obviously got a profile that has some value in relation to your prospects. Then, how do you go about, about finding people to start those conversations?
2: Yeah. So like I said, with that first sort of method of putting content out there, you'll have people that are engaging. Um, In what you're putting out there, or you're engaging with other people's content. And then from that, you can get new connections and start those conversations. So I like to use LinkedIn voice notes to start those conversations. And sometimes it's not immediately pitching what Refract does, it's just really starting that conversation and asking a few questions. And another way is to actually just search for the sort of prospects that you want to be speaking with and that's super easy on LinkedIn. It just makes it so easy. Um that's searching job titles, industries, competitors. Once you've got a client, it's who are they competing with? Because it's very often that we'd find that if we can solve a problem of one company that we can probably solve a problem that one of their competitors are having. So it's using it in that way as well. And then once we've started those conversations, that's when I can either call them, email them, send LinkedIn voice notes. That's when my cadences would begin, really. But that's definitely a starting point.
1: So um, LinkedIn voice notes, just for those that maybe are not across it. So basically, you're sending a message through LinkedIn, an audio message through LinkedIn, is that correct, in the messaging function on the mobile app?
2: Yes. And me and my colleague, Richard, who is our head of sales at Refract, we both believe that it's just a massively underused tool. Um not like people are just so used to getting connection requests and then pictures like straight away. But if you use a voice note, it's something different. It's literally a minute long of audio and you can just ask a question in that voice note and then it's like a conversation. People aren't used to that over technology like LinkedIn. So it's a bit more personable and I think I get replies for nine out of 10 of the voice notes that I send. So it's definitely worth trying out. Let's take
1: a quick break, do a little bit of business, and we'll be right back.
0: Video messaging is huge right now. Mark reports his very best message response rates are coming from video messaging. And Mark chooses to use Bonjuro as his video message supplier. Because Bonjuro is now a supporter of the Boss Podcast, they have given listeners a massive 20% off any of their plans. Simply add BOSS20 at the checkout. That's boss two zero. Give Bonjuro a go and increase your response rates by 300%. Go to bonjuro.com. That's b-o-n-j-o-r-o.com.
1: What message? So let's say that you and I... Do you do this as you connect or just before or after? I mean, how does that that work?
2: So you actually have to be connected um, and this audio file. Okay,
1: so we've connected. And what, what sort of message would you send me?
2: So it would depend on if we'd had any engagement before. So let's say, for example, you commented on something that I put out on LinkedIn. I would be like, hey, Mark, great to be connected. Really appreciate you comment on my post. And then I would ask the question based on that. So let's say, for example, you commented on my video where I put our top tips for SDRs. Mm-hmm. I might be like, what would your top tip for SDRs be? And then we'd be able to start a conversation authentically based on what we've already engaged with.
1: Right. And what about... So we know that there's a lot of people on LinkedIn that aren't active. What if you don't have any of those public signals. So what I mean by public signal, of course, is like if someone's liked something or commented, what would, what would be a go-to there? Would you still send a voice
2: message? Um, yeah, actually. So I think if we haven't already engaged, I would use it sometimes as either an initial outreach or after I'd try to call. So say if I came across your profile and we hadn't spoken before, there's been no engagement at all. If you had a, a phone call, on your profile or that i could find through a data mining solution then i would give you a call and if you didn't answer i might leave you a voicemail and then if we connect on linkedin and i can talk about that voicemail be like oh hi mark just left you this voicemail the reason for me reaching out was and then i would sort of use the start of my cold call as the reason for me reaching out on linkedin and um, so it's sort of your initial engagement and really explaining why you think that it'd be a good idea to have a conversation.
1: Okay, great. And would you normally then like send an email as well, like to triple tag them or would you leave it at that?
2: Yeah, definitely. So I'm definitely adopt a doctor phone first approach. It's just easiest to get people over the phone, see if there's an initial fit there for a next step conversation. And if they don't answer, I would leave a voicemail and then try and connect on LinkedIn and then send an email as well. And I'd probably mention that all in my voicemail or in my voice note that this is what I'm going to do next. Or if you're open for a conversation, um, let me know when would work for you. Um, So definitely a multi-touch approach because you're going to get prospects in different ways depending on their preferences.
1: It sounds like you're not creating three or four different messages. It's pretty much the same thing, just delivered across different channels. Would that be right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you're not spending massive amounts of time on one prospect. It's really just seeing what works best for them. Um, so for you, definitely because we were in completely different time zones, there wasn't much chance that I was going to catch you over the phone. Um, so <laughs> I can actually see on your profile that you're Um, emails just there. So I went straight ahead with that and then connected with you on LinkedIn, mentioned in that connection request, just sent you an email. It'd be great to connect.
1: That's right. You did. And so how did you come up then? So then the the next question, I guess, is, well, what do you write or what do you say? So if you use me as an example, I'm probably pretty easy because I put so much stuff out there. But let's start there. How would you know what to say? How would you know what to...
2: Yeah, absolutely. So... Like you mentioned, you have a lot of content on LinkedIn and they're always my favorite because it's the easiest to personalize your outreach. I would see if you've got a relevant article, if you've got a relevant book or podcast, which obviously you have all those things. So there was just a massive amount of information. I would see the content that you've got there um, was relevant to my outreach. There's no point being personalized if it's just completely random. And then I would always start my outreach with that. So if it was a call, I would mention, oh, I've just read your book, or I've just listened to this podcast, or I've just read this article on your LinkedIn. And just talk about why it was why it resonated with me, basically. And I think with sales trainers, there's a lot of content that that resonates obviously with an SDR. So that's that's great. And then from there, I'd ask them a question. I think it's really important to add a question when you're outbound prospecting. and So you're not just throwing information out there. And then finally, at the end of your outreach, it's talking about why you've reached out. So we're working with other sales trainers and we're helping them solve these problems or they're doing great at this, but they want to do that. And then finally, next step, so would it be Would you be open to having a conversation so we can share a few ideas and just explore an initial fit? So that's sort of the structure I take when I'm reaching out to anyone, especially if they've got content on their profile.
1: Any idea what your sort of response rate might be with with that approach?
2: So we do quite well at refract with personalised outbound prospecting. I haven't got an exact figure, but I definitely follow the quality over quantity with prospecting. Um, I don't make a million calls a day but equally I don't spend like half an hour on each prospect it's just making sure that the people that I'm reaching out to are relevant to the solution that we're selling and that I've got enough in my outreach so that they know that it's just not the same email or the same call for every single person if it makes sense.
1: I think the personalization piece doesn't need to be that massive you know it just needs to be a bit personalized.
2: Yeah. People get stuck in the weeds sometimes thinking that they need to write an absolute essay, which is absolutely perfect, but it's really not the case. It's just making sure that your prospect knows that they're not just on a list. You're reaching out to them for a reason. And yeah, so it doesn't take that long. It's just getting proficient at finding the right information. I suppose that comes with practice, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think so. I've got a a bit of a secret to tell you. So, one client that I'm working with at the moment has one of their team members, got stuck the other day sending some outbound. And when I checked in with them, I said, how are you going? And he said, oh, not very good. Just not, don't have any time. I said, well, he didn't have to do very much. What, what did he do? And he goes, oh, I finally got those three emails out. And I'd given him a template. When I say template, like I'd custom written it for his ICP. So it was, all he needed to do was just put the names in and, and, and the businesses and a tiny piece of personalization. It took him two hours to send three emails from a template. That's called cool. stuck in the weeds, isn't it? Yeah,
2: definitely. <laughs> that would be absolutely fine if you got three responses at three meetings, but probability is saying that, that that's not going to happen.
1: So, what do you do if it's not you know, somebody like, who's got a lot of content? Like, let's say you must still reach out to people who are perfect targets, but not as active on LinkedIn. What yeah. do you do in those cases?
2: Absolutely. And that's where we rely a lot on phones for that. And that's really about getting the start of your outreach nailed. Um, You want to make sure that they're going to give you that time on the call or they're going to give you the time um, when you've emailed them. And that's about being super relevant at the start of your call or the start of your email. And you get that through thinking about, how you're currently helping the customers who are using your product or services. And I would open my conversation by being by saying, um, oh, notice that you're heading up the sales team over there. Typically, when I speak with sales leaders who've just started a new role or adding it, you can personalize it in that way. So they might have just changed role and um, they might have just been promoted. And that little snippet of personalization just... Tells your prospect that you've you've done your research. So typically when I speak with sales leaders, they tell me the following challenges and then you'll list a couple of challenges or and then just ask if either of those resonate with them. And more often than not, they'll say, oh, actually, yeah, I have been thinking about that at the minute. And then the purpose of your outreach is to get more time in the calendar. It's not about selling over the phone there and then. You're selling that appointment. So it's just piquing their interest enough to be like, for them to say, oh, yeah, um, I will speak with you at a better time, at a more convenient time. So I think that's the most important thing is making the start of your outreach super relevant.
1: I love that. I think that's a really good little snippet there. That might be our, our headline audio grab. Well done. Oh, great. Let's take a quick break, do a little bit of business, and we'll be right back.
0: If you need more conversations with your ideal buyers or to simply sharpen your prospecting skills, check out Mark's latest book, Tactical Pipeline Growth. It's a complete prospecting guide. It outlines step-by-step the process to build a strong and healthy pipeline. Mark has included a huge amount of valuable sales material, such as templates, call and email scripts, the best cadence plans, as well as social selling templates, for you to use and start prospecting straight away. Tactical pipeline growth is available from Amazon or directly from ww.markmc.do slash TPG.
1: So how, how long would you normally pursue somebody? So let's say you're reaching out to somebody, you don't get an answer. What do you reach out? You know, 150 times, just the once, four times? How does that how do you figure out when to when to give up? So I...
2: Uh- I think in total, it's going to be around 12 times. And there's so much sort of statistics being pushed out there saying that it takes like 17 times in total to get through to a prospect. Um, but I suppose that really does depend on the people that you're selling to and sort of how high up in a company in terms of are they C-suite executives? Who do you need to be speaking with? Um, my colleague put out a post recently about a deal that we won, and it took me nine attempts to get that meeting put on for him. But in the end, it was it was the biggest deal that he'd closed, so it's definitely worth it. And it doesn't mean like nine time nine calls a day. It's spread out over, I would say, about four weeks, where we're doing different touches here and there. And it's not the full message every single time. So we'll start off with the call, with the email, with the LinkedIn message. And then after that, it might just be like a three-worded email, like, any thoughts? Or appreciate the inbox is a super busy place. Um, don't suppose you've managed to read my last email. Or another LinkedIn message, something like that. It's just not absolutely hammering your prospect. It's just giving them a gentle nudge, I suppose, because I know a lot of salespeople, especially head of sales, sales trainers are super busy. So it's just getting them at the right time as well.
1: Yep. Love it. That's really good advice. So I think a lot of people give up way too early. I see that all the time. What else would you like to share with everybody?
2: I think the most important thing is to try different outbound techniques. A lot of people might try cold calls and then maybe after their fifth one, where they've been rejected, they just completely give up. And it's about being persistent. And as soon as you get that meeting booked over the phone, then it's riding on that success. So definitely try different things. Don't give up. And really use a multi-touch approach with your pro- in because some of your prospects might hate cold calls. Some might love it. Some might hate LinkedIn. Some might love it. So it's just... Mix it all in together and then you can see what's the most successful and then just sort of sprinkle in the rest. And I think that's where you'll get the most meetings and have the most success.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great, great piece of advice as well. How do you manage your morale, you know, like your, your, your confidence and your, your state of mind? There must be days where things don't go right and you get, you know, lots of no answers. If you like, sometimes you probably even get some nasty no's, I'd imagine. How do you look after yourself?
2: Yeah, that definitely comes with the territory. And I suppose that was much easier pre-COVID where we'd be in the office and you'd be surrounded by your team. And I absolutely love that. I really love um, Team Refract. And we really bounced off each other's energy. And if we did have a nasty no, then you'd have somebody there to tell you we have a little hashtag at Refract saying we move on. So it's definitely just telling you that, telling yourself that every single time we move on to the next person um, and I suppose now during COVID where we can't have that use zoom like do prospecting hours with your colleagues over zoom so if you get rejected you can have a little laugh about it and then move on to the next person definitely bouncing off people I find is the best way to move on to the next
1: so you just set up a little Zoom meeting for the two of you or the three of you or something and then have a little prospecting outbound power session. Is that how that works?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So that would be for, for phones in particular. We would sit and have a power hour. And then if we get any rejection emails, sometimes we can learn from it. So if we get a rejection, we can send that in a Slack channel and Instant Messenger to the rest of the team and have a little look at the actual outbound message that we sent and then be like, okay, is there anything that we could have changed so that we didn't get this kind of reaction? Because sometimes it can be you. You've got to take that, that you might not have written um, your message in the way that you wanted to. And it's obviously come across in a bad way. So sometimes it is taking responsibility for it. But yeah, other times you can just have people who were just not having a good day and want to take it out on you.
1: Unfortunately, that's that's very true. So I'm going to wrap up, and I think you've supplied some really, really great advice for SDRs and BDMs, and well, just about anybody that's trying to grow their business. What do you think is happening with LinkedIn? Is it, is it? How long have you been on LinkedIn now?
2: Um, two years. So it's since I started Refract.
1: Oh, so you're pretty new. Do you think it's getting better or is it getting worse?
2: Personally, definitely better. I don't think. I definitely was guilty of not utilizing it to its maximum potential when I started at Refract, but that was just getting used to the whole profession, um, a personal brand, networking, that sort of thing. So I definitely think it's getting better. People are putting more interesting content out. There's more engagement. I just think there's only positives from it really. How about you? Do you think it's getting better? Uh, No,
1: I think it's changed. It's changing, (laughs) and that's okay. I think if people want it to stay the same that it always was, then you'll be disappointed. I had a great conversation with Alex, Alexander Lowe. I don't know if you know Alex earlier this week, and, and he's a big fan of the changes, and, I, and I'm kind of aligned with him. I think that nothing stays the same for very long, yeah. uh, and it's up to us whether you think it's good or bad. But you know, just because things are changing doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. I think the easy wins are finished. I think in 2014, 2015, it was easy to to get lots and lots and lots of views and lots of interaction.
2: Yeah.
1: Almost go viral. And I think those days are done, but I think that's okay. It's just the way it is.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I suppose with me being relatively new to it, I've not seen those changes. And actually, my views have gone up, but that's because I'm actually posting, relative to when I wasn't doing anything and wasn't getting any engagement because I wasn't posting the right sort of things. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the Boss Podcast. I really appreciate it. How would you like, would you like people to get in contact with you? Would you like to have you know connections from APAC, from Australia? Mm-hmm. If so, how could they reach out to you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So find me on LinkedIn. It's Neil Woodhouse at Refract. Um, it'd be great if you want to follow or connect. Love to expand my network and hear a few ideas from the other SDRs that are listening to this podcast. Thanks so much for having me on, Matt.
1: It's been our pleasure, and I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile in our show notes. So, thank you very much. And, and listeners, that's Nia Woodhouse, top 10 SDR from Refract, and with a, one of the best outreaches, personalized outreaches that I've had in my inbox for the last three or four months. So, she certainly knows what she's talking about. Thank you, Nia. I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast. And listeners, will catch you all next week. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Please help others just like you find this podcast by spreading the word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you source your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Boss Podcast. Join us next time for even more tactics, discussion, and ideas to help you improve your social outreach.